With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Italian Grand Prix edition. Ferrari win edition (laughs) (laughs) ferrari pole oh ferrari pole and uh the ratio for leclerc getting pole and verstappen winning is um yeah even stronger really lovely anyway so yeah welcome everybody uh we are of course joined by team wtf1 live so if you want to watch us live on a monday come join team wtf1 and also, we need to mention that the WTF1 Clubhouse, nearly didn't manage to get that out of my mouth, is launching again next year. Oh, yeah. WTF1.com forward slash Clubhouse. If you want to come camp at the British Grand Prix, it was so good this year. I'm not saying that just because it was a WTF1 Clubhouse, probably quite biased, but also everyone loved it. Uh, so if you want to come camp at the British Grand Prix, check that out. Also, this podcast is once again sponsored by Elgato, our season-long partners. Making us almost sound like professionals. You can decide whether we've actually made it or not. With all this amazing equipment, it's a big shout out to them. Uh, And look, this is full of shout outs, but this one I really do enjoy doing. And that's for those that have given us a five-star review. So we've picked another one. If you want to be shouted out, shouted out, shout out, whatever, on the podcast, then you need to leave us a five-star review. So we've got one from Andy Kent 21 via Apple Podcasts from Great Britain. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of information you've left there, Tommy, for me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Andy says, the best F1 podcast, better than Nico Rosberg's podcast, even though he beat seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton in equal machinery. Five stars would recommend. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Uh, we, we've beaten other podcasts with equal machinery. So thank you. So technically we're equal, no, better than Lewis Hamilton's non-existent podcast. That's Go true. Us. Does that yeah? Does that mean we are better? Um, yeah, I that's... think I think we are. Okay, all right. Well, thanks, Toby, for that one. That's good. Um, <laughs> right, let's get into some three word race reviews. Actually, first, let's just announce who's here. Of course, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, where have you been? But the WTF one founder contractually still have to say this. I know haven't mentioned my you know contractual ob- obligations, but Tommy did actually send me a, a, a nasty message the other day. I so did. don't you dare yeah. forget ever again. Then uh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, the Leclerc onesie will never go on grace. Uh, and of course, Katie Fairman, the WTF one editor. Uh, soon to be in all good bookstores. Uh, how are you, Katie? How's your tea? Lovely. Can't wait to get into this podcast. Cool. That, that was a hurry up if I've ever heard it. Right, <laughs> so let's get into the three-word race reviews then, shall we? Uh, the Racing Tea. We miss Massey. Driver Bert. Super Sub Nick. J12 DNV. Correct decision made. And Michelle van der Meer- no red flag. We, we miss mm-hmm. Massey. I'm not sure. I think that might well have been slightly sarcastic, depending, depending on, I suppose, it's be where very that, triggering. What fan base that's come from. Super Sub Nick, completely agree. Correct decision made. That's up for debate. And no red flag. So those two don't agree with each other. Right. Katie, hit us with your three words, please. 
I'm kicking it off today. Um, if you guys will know that I love a good story, and this is certainly a happy one. So mine is what a debut, and that's for Nick DeVries, who found himself in the Williams this weekend. As he uh, was driving with Aston Martin for FP1 on Friday and then got the call up on Saturday morning, 90 minutes before FP3, because poor Alex Alban was suffering with appendicitis. So I'm sure I speak on behalf of all of us when I say wishing him a speedy recovery. But yeah, got 25 minutes of running in FP3 and then beat Latifi in quali, which you could argue maybe is not a difficult thing to do, but he still did it. And it's still, you know, a very cool achievement. Um, and yeah, I just think he did such a solid job in the race too. got two points on his F1 debut, can join a very cool list of people that have managed that. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy to to see Nick get this opportunity. I know lots of people have had doubts about him talking about the fact that he's 27 years old. It makes him sound like a dinosaur in F1 terms. But, you know, his name's sort of been hovering around F1 seats for next year. But after the performance of this weekend, I think he's very much shown everybody that he deserves to be in F1 next year. Whether that's with Williams, whether Alpine swoop in and steal him remains to be seen. But a great job from him this weekend. Absolutely. Nicely summed up. Nick DeVries, what a what a hero. You say it's not shouldn't be too hard to beat Latifi. But I mean, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, Latifi is supposed to be a professional racing driver who has spent the entire season in that Williams uh, and knows mm. where all the buttons are and has a seat molded to him. Um, bit similar to how, you know, George Russell st- went into the Mercedes in 2020 in Bahrain. He wasn't uh, anywhere near uh, suited or fitted for that car. And, and the same goes for, for Nick DeVries. But yeah, what a performance. Uh, it just shows and sort of backs up our statements on this podcast where we say that the Williams actually isn't that bad of a car and that you just need a driver to be able to extract the performance out of it, like we've seen with Albon a few times. Um, But Nick DeVries, you know, take a bow. Now, you know, will will it be beginner's luck? Will it be his only race? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen because as he said in a, in the post-race interview, I think with Sky, he said there's more factors than just you drive really well and you get a seat, which basically alludes to money. So I'm not sure how much money he has uh, waiting, but perhaps uh, he'll attract a few more sponsors now that uh, now that he's done that performance. So, yeah, he can be incredibly, incredibly proud of himself for, for what he achieved. Uh, it's no mean feat just you know, rocking up, not only to in qualifying, but also in the race. I know he's done Formula 2, he's done Formula E, but Formula 1 is a, is a different kettle of fish, uh, and he held himself very, very well. He did. If I had to do a 3 race review about this, I would say I was wrong because in our podcast on, I want to say Thursday, was it Katie that we did? Um, I was there. Obviously, we didn't know Nick DeVries was going to be. We knew he was driving the Aston, which again is a very weird situation that he essentially drove two different cars for the first time that anyone's done that since the 60s. And I think it's only happened like twice before or something. So um, drove two different cars in the same weekend. But I was there going... I don't really understand the the hype too much in terms of that he's won Formula E, yes. Um, he's done well in GP2, but I kind of felt like he'd maybe missed the boat a bit. 27 well, is... champion, mate. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Done well. Come on, let's, let's not, you know. All right, he's champion. The champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not in his um, first year, but still. Not in his first year, yeah. But um, 
yeah, he's done well, and I thought he'd he'd missed missed the boat potentially because you don't see many people when they miss that chance to go in from GP two or F two, and then go somewhere else, and then sometimes you almost doom your career when you go into sports cars and things like that because people just kind of forget about you. But for whatever, so the, so obviously you know people highly rated him because all these teams have been putting him in for FP one. And essentially had one chance with a job interview, essentially being in the the proper car for, for a race weekend, no time to prep. And regardless of what he did, uh, where Latifi was, it's just a great performance. Um, he got the maximum really you could expect. I, I know there was penalties, but started eighth on the grid, finished ninth. You look at the people that finished above him, not really much more he could do than that. It was brilliant. And to say that there was a few mistakes here and there because he didn't know buttons on the steering wheel and he could barely get out of his car because he was in so much pain, which uh, I'm not 100% sure if that was just due to the fact that his seat probably wasn't fitted properly or he, he didn't have that hole because he essentially was rushed in very last minute. Um, yeah, just a superb drive. His his neck or anything his neck was fine it was more his shoulders that he was saying that afterwards he was walking around feeling a bit like a monkey he felt like his arms were really really long compared to his body kind of thing so it's a bit of a weird situation i wonder if it was the comfort of being in in a car that because i know they'll have done a seat thing but i imagine you do a lot more um you know like like matt mentioned about george russell not not being able to fit in the car and he knew uh, quite a lot ahead of time um so the car wasn't built for him so yeah it's just it's just a brilliant performance and fair play to him yeah and i had a few messages going oh well you guys you all said no way nick defries is getting a seat and i stand by those comments because when you just look at what you know tommy just said for example you, you go to sports car or whatever racing or you go away from the formula one traditional route after winning the f2 championship you get forgetting forgotten about um and this opportunity would never have arose had Albon not had the appendicitis. So uh, he has smashed it. And I'll fully put my hands up and say that he's proved himself now that he is better than Latifi after one race. And that's all he needed. But without that opportunity, I don't think he would have got a seat. That's the that's the kind of uh, this, this, the big factor here. Yeah, um, it gives a lot of people hope. Because if you look at his career, like I was saying, in 2019 was when he won the F2 championship. And then since then, he's done Formula E, LMP2 in the World Endurance Championship, European Le Mans, Formula E, European Le Mans, uh, LMP2, Formula E. It's not the traditional route, is it? And you think it does feel like when when drivers do that, we've not seen it. It's very, 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 very rare that you get an opportunity after you've kind of gone, all right, Formula E and Le Mans time, but he's shown that he he basically was given an opportunity and he took it. So fair play to him. And I think there's definitely going to be consideration now of him getting that seat. There definitely should be. Uh, at Dolpit 27, Williams have already said they don't need pay drivers. And the only reason it makes sense to keep the Latifi is the money. Will they act as a serious team and move for De Vries now for the rest of the season? A three-week break on the sim will help. If not, how can they possibly justify it? I mean, I was fully on board on the bandwagon. I even put a tweet out saying petition for 
De Vries to be in the the for the you know in the seat for the rest of the season alongside Albon. Of course, there is um, the the big issue of contracts. Not um, every team can afford to do a severance to that contract. Williams probably being one of them, being a, a smaller team, um, because I'm sure uh, it would cost a bit of money to get rid of Latifi. Uh, so it's whether or not they can afford that. They definitely should if they can. Um, but how I see it is probably Latifi will see out the rest of the season, and then De Vries either stands in for Albon in Singapore if he's if uh, he's not healed, which you know, appendicitis, it's, uh, you, don't, you don't really know. I mean, for a normal person, it's it wipes you out for a little while. But I guess getting back into a Formula One car, that's a, a different story. And you have to make sure you are fully patched up and, and ready to go. So uh, it's a bit of a shame, really, for, for De Vries, I suppose, that it's a three-week break and the album can probably get better and, and get back into it. Uh, otherwise, De Vries could have shown maybe in a triple header, for example, what he's really made of. Um, but alas, he still proved himself and... Williams can justify next season, absolutely. If they were being serious about being able to afford just good drivers rather than have to bring on pay ones. I agree. I think money is a big, uh, big element to this. I didn't see this question when I made my Singapore predictions. So a little hint of what I've predicted there. But yeah, if I were Williams, I think it would be a good move also to see how Nick is for the rest of the season um, to see how we'll get on for 2023 but yeah Williams keeps saying they don't need paid drivers so maybe it's time to sort of put their money where their mouth is um because we know that F1 is a brutal sport and if you're not performing then it can be a case of you've had your chance and the next person is always there that can come in and replace you um but yeah it'll remain to be seen I guess on how uh how their lawyers are and all this kind of stuff in terms of breaking contracts um, so we'll have to wait and see. But if I was Jos Capito and I had all this money, then I would do do the switch. As much as you know, we we say about Latifi not being up to to the standard that he should be. He's still at the end of the day a lovely chap. He loves Nutella. He does some <laughs> nice. Say, he does I'm so done. I'm so done with this. <laughs> like, he's, why is he's a lovely uh, guy? He loves his Nutella. What's wrong? You know, that's yeah. literally he, the first he, thing. Formula One, like the ruthless elite sport. Oh, he does love Nutella though, doesn't yeah. he? He's finished fifteenth and been beaten by a stand-in driver <laughs> that's not sat in his car properly, and everyone thought wasn't even that good. And he's been absolutely smashed by him. But he does love his Nutella, doesn't he? Yeah. So <laughs> it deserves at least a three-year contract extension for that. But no, I think, uh, unfortunately for Latifi, the time is uh, nearing an end in his F1 career. Yeah, there looked like a moment where you thought Latifi might somehow keep his seat for next year because there's no other options uh, or sensible options. But this just proved that it's got to be done. And um, yeah, it's just not there's there's nothing I, I just can't see Latifi being there next year now they've got to put De Vries in it's, or at least someone else other than Latifi because he can't be, be being beaten by a standing driver that's not even ready no. if we're to believe Marcus Ericsson's prediction he'll end up there so and that's been fairly reliable so far yeah it's another one that looking good for Ericsson mm. yeah unbelievable uh, I saw a funny tweet actually that was saying um, that that Williams have said to Latifi, "Look, if you finish twentieth in the drivers' championship, you're not going to be driving for us next year." And he's like, "Well, psych, I'm twenty first, so I'll see you <laughs> next year." 
<laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. Does, uh, love, does love his Nutella, though, doesn't he? I know, honestly. The way he spreads it, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, oh, that could be... T- uh, Team WTF1, Lucy. <laughs> Manscaped product alert. You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just brought the ultra-smooth package to Europe. Everyone knows by now that the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer shave or prefer to go completely bare, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set. All you have to do is go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1. The Ultra Smooth Package is a specialised groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking crop shaver razor, crop exfoliator and crop gel. The Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit to make your package the perfect package. Exfoliate, gel and shave. But first, you'll want to grab your handy lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys the classic trim to your liking to get the loose hairs out of the way and then take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to get that closer shave. Step one, use the crop exfoliator. Step two, the crop gel. And step three, it's time to shave. The crop shaver is not your average shaver. It's smaller, thicker, with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. It's time to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job, the Ultra Smooth Package from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with the new Ultra Smooth Package from the fellas at Manscaped. Team WTF1 member Lucy, could Alex Alvin have done better? Will he see this as a missed opportunity? Um, I saw, I saw a few comments. Oh, imagine what Alex could have done in that car. I don't think there would have been much more that he could have done, to be honest with you. I think Nick DeVries did a great job. I think mate, perhaps maybe P8, P7, maybe. I don't know, because that Williams clearly worked very well in the hands of Nick DeVries. But it's very hard to tell. DeVries may have performed better than what Alvin would have done. So I think it's very much a a moot point, really. Um, but yeah, potentially a missed opportunity for points, definitely. But it doesn't really matter, as we've said in the constructor standings. They're, they're nowhere near ninth. Um, and... They only seem to work on high power tracks. We're going to Singapore next, so I fully expect them to be out in Q1. Yeah, yeah, true. It's a great, it's a great track for them. At the end of the day, I think if you had De Vries and Albon in those cars, they probably yeah would have finished maybe eighth and ninth. But it's a missed opportunity in the fact that Albon would have bagged some points for himself. There's no doubt in my mind that he'd have done that. Whether he'd have got any higher up the grid. Um, don't think we're going into this point, so I'll just say it now. But my word, the fact that <laughs> if you look at the top six, I know we said this so many times, but this whole this was the track, if any, where we were going to get that midfield podium. And the top six started seventh, first, second, eighteenth, nineteenth, and thirteenth, and still ended up in the top six. Like the the two two Red Bulls, two Ferraris, and two Mercs. Midfield don't have a prayer. So realistically, the best you can hope for is seventh. Lando's normally always best of the rest, so Gasly, I think, was maybe maybe a shot if it had managed to get past in the DRS train and not been held up with Gasly with a different strategy. Maybe, but yeah, I don't think it would have done a load spare. Maybe a P8, but it's only an extra couple of points that makes no difference in the constructors, like we said. 
No, totally. We knew the car was going to be good coming into Monza, which is why Tommy was smart with his prediction. If only he knew that appendicitis would get in the way for for Monza. Well, yeah, no, I I'm guess not, I'm not hearing any sort of chat about look, Tommy. I know what Tommy's got. I, I, I've already prepared my defense statement, so you don't you don't even bother. Oh. Don't even try it, Tommy. Oh no. Um, but yeah, maybe Alex could have gone a position better, but we'll never know. I mean, there's so many variables. Um, that come with a Formula One Grand Prix, you know, Alex Albon is not going to drive in exactly the same way that Nick DeVries did. So it's quite difficult to make the comparison. They'll have the same machinery, but anything could have gone differently. So um, we'll never know. But yeah, in terms of a missed opportunity, um, I don't know if Alex will view it as that because I would like to think that he probably view his health as more of a priority than scoring points. But uh, these are F1 these, drivers. These F1 drivers <laughs> yeah. are not quite normal, are they? So I think he'd erased if he could have done. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, a lot of pain. The tweet was funny, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I liked his tweet. Yeah, Alex is popping off on social media the last couple of months. Um, right, my three-word race review. And mine is exactly as predicted. Uh, and that prediction was, of course, Ferrari being fastest at the start of the season and tailing off and not having any pace to beat Red Bull. And it just keeps happening. <laughs> All the time. I need to cough ferociously. One second. There we go. Sorry. Allergic um, well, to I said sorry. It was muted. So you didn't hear it. But um, yeah, it's just, I'm just so done now. I just don't, I, I'd rather them just did, they didn't get pole because it's the hope that kills you. And it's just the fact that maybe this time, maybe for the Italian Grand Prix, maybe the home crowd will give them an extra two tenths. Maybe they'll stick in an illegal engine. I, who knows? But none of which, <laughs> none of which have happened. And um, yeah, it's just it's great to it's great to watch. Really, you know, just seeing Verstappen just closing, closing. Then of course we have the whole strategy thing, which we will talk about uh, with our next question. But ah, uh, I mean, it's fine because as I think Tommy said in the last podcast, the one before that. I'd rather they have just thrown it all away now. And I know that Max is going to be the champion rather than them just Max just slowly creep ahead and then win the championship uh, with, you know, a, a race or two to go. And then it's pain. But either way, it's still lots of pain. Yeah, they didn't maximize that start of the season, did they? But it probably would have been, well, they would have got, you had a lot more happiness at the start of the season, but then the pain of essentially it being so close. And then it just, looks like now Red Bull have, whether you say improved the car or tailored it uh, more to, to Verstappen's liking. Now he's got the car that he's truly at, at one with, um, very at one with based on <laughs> the last five races. And um, yeah, I think realistically, whatever Ferrari did in that race, Max was just there. I mean, five laps, Leclerc looking in his mirrors and seeing what's happened behind him must have just been like, oh, for God's sake. Thought that'd take a bit longer, but um Bri didn't have have the pace. They're still um still got a very quick car, but Verstappen's just looking ominous. No, I think we knew Rebel would be quick around here, Ferrari not so, and Max has shown how easy he makes overtaking look. So yeah, it's a, a tough tough build to swallow because we came from 2021 where we had such a crazy championship battle one of the best formula one seasons i think we'll ever see and then coming into 2022 we had new regs and red bull versus ferrari looked spicy and mercedes were at the back and that was something different and we all started the season on such a high but yeah like you say as the season sort of tailed off 
um, it's just become clear that Max is just in another level, as is that Red Bull. You know, I think it's important to praise Max, but also to praise the job that Red Bull have done with that car. Um, and yeah, at least Matt, this way, you know, you can kind of gradually mentally prepare yourself for when Max wins that second championship. Um, oh no, and... I've, uh, yeah, there's there's been plenty of acceptance going on already, yeah. so um funny stat funny great whatever however it depends depends where you're at but um if you're a max verstappen fan it's a very cool stat that his last five starting positions have been second tenth 14th first and seventh and he's won all of them like that's just um uh, yeah depression uh, if you're a ferrari fan uh oh tommy posting on uh what was it friday oh this should be an easy leclerc win on the wtf1 account <laughs> you are uh, i absolutely despise you um i even yeah, tried with the ferrari onesie and everything but well, yeah and grace then... had other ideas grace pooed through it before uh, during the formation that wasn't it yeah we need clarification now to do with this onesie you know malarkey what happened after uh, it had to be taken off so yeah no, but was was a was a max one put no, on it wasn't no, no just oh. uh, so so what, he's, he doesn't even paused? need like what happens here then well technically verstappen's never not won when she's worn the max onesie but I guess the onesie power now hasn't hasn't worked every time based on different drivers. So basically, the Stappen just I wins think, regardless. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I also think that pooing probably negates any powers. I feel like that's a stronger power. In the sporting regulations, so there might be a chapter there to <laughs> that do was, with what happens That was there. so funny on Twitch when you were just like, leave her in it. At least till lap three. Oh. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, come on, at least for the first couple of laps, just so that the clerk can lead. Um, but yeah, thank you, Tommy, for ruining uh, the, the Grace Wansey streak uh, and Leclerc being the one that's the victim. At J-W-G-N-Y-N-W-A. I thought Ferrari actually had a good strategy today. Would love to hear what you guys thought. Now, we watch uh, live on Twitch, if you don't follow us already, WTF1 official. Um, and I... I, I thought Ferrari did do the right thing there. They were not the quicker race car. Um, they were unlucky in the sense that the VSC ended halfway down the pit lane, essentially. Uh, so Leclerc didn't get the full benefit of pitting uh, under the safety car. I think he maybe saved about four or five seconds, but you could look at maybe seven or eight if, uh, if that VSC uh, carries on. So they lost a little bit of time there, but I don't think it really mattered what strategy Ferrari did. Red Bull were going to win anyway. That that last sort of ten lap stint from Verstappen on the soft tires in the first stint was was ridiculous. He was the only person out there on softs for at least the last five, and was pounding round laps that weren't that much slower than what Leclerc was doing on on fresh mediums. So. Max played himself into a beautiful position by being able to extend that stint. You know, the Red Bull have been better with tyre wear anyway uh, compared to Ferrari. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that we didn't actually get to see them race wheel to wheel. That's that's the, the thing I would have loved to have seen. Obviously, Ferrari acted on the VSC, which, fine. Maybe they could have put on hard tyres as a, right, we're going to do a one-stop from here, absolutely guaranteed. They probably still would have lost. But sticking on the mediums and then hoping... Obviously, they were hoping because of the fact that they gained a lot of time through the VSC that they could then lose a bit of time towards the end of the stint on the mediums. But unfortunately, they didn't gain that. So therefore, they looked like they looked a bit silly. But for me, I I, I back it. I I appreciate that they went for something different, and I don't think they blundered. Katie, 
Oh, sorry. Hello? On the sheet. Sorry, on the sheet it, <laughs> it says, says MKT. That oh, I must be must have changed since I switched it this morning. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think the strategy was terrible. <laughs> um, Carl wasn't so, as fast as you so say. So dazed by the strategy, just like. No, no, it's the the thing we had this morning has <laughs> changed joking, since I'm I copied kidding. the podcast sheet. But no, I think people are just naturally gonna um, like really look at everything Ferrari does now through um, a microscope that's a hundred phrase but we're making it one that's the one uh, oh it is one. Yeah. Oh my god Gold well, it makes sense i'm not sure if it's the actual yeah. phrase but <laughs> okay but yeah everybody's gonna always look at the details um but yeah it they went for a strategy didn't quite work out but verstappen as we've alluded to for like the last hundred races it feels like he's just on another level so nice try it's it's hard to know what Ferrari could have done because Verstappen did look quicker, I guess. With Monza being difficult to pass, would Verstappen have struggled to get past Leclerc if he'd got his elbows out? I don't know if he had had the pace, particularly because, as we know, Ferrari struggled later in the stint. At the start, he could hold him off, but I see why they did it. Under the virtual safety car, you essentially get a lot of a lighter pit stop, and it just meant that it was worth worth the gamble, really. Um, maybe, in hindsight, stayed out, um, done the same strategy as Verstappen. But the way Verstappen, like Matt said, just held on with those soft tyres anyway, he'd have got the undercut um, or at least just had such fresher tyres at the end that he would have just been able to sail past Leclerc anyway. So I think Ferrari were doomed either way. So... Uh, I don't think you can be too harsh on them. No, for once, for once. that's uh, well done, Ferrari. You did all you could, and that's what I said at the start of the race. I think on our Twitch live stream, I said, "Look, if if Red Bull just beat Ferrari on pure pace, I'm okay with that. I wasn't okay with that, but at least I'm more okay with it than uh, if there's um, when they th- race they strategies don't throw it away and stuff. yeah, yeah being yeah. Uh, a complete mess. Cool." Well done, Ferrari. We didn't have to have an entire 45-minute segment on how they messed up something. Tommy, what's your uh, three-word race review? Mine is change finish rules. And this is in regards to the fact that it was a shame to see the race end under safety car. A lot of the drivers were miffed about it. The fans were miffed about it. And I think Formula One's in a difficult position where you ha- always have this argument, don't you, of the show versus the sport. And you, you can understand why some people are just like, well, they're the rules. Sometimes races end in a boring way. Um, deal with it. But in my opinion, if I'd paid £600 for a grandstand ticket, um, sounds like Monza wasn't particularly... Um, great experience for a lot of fans anyway um flights hotels all that kind of stuff and then you have to watch the finish just trickle behind the safety car and you don't get a proper finish i think that's a shame and you can i mentioned abu dhabi on twitter probably not a good idea because obviously a lot of people are still hurt by and that's understandable because it was ridiculous but the way that ended, you can kind of see why the teams 
banded together before Abu Dhabi and said, we need to make sure this doesn't end under a safety car because it's very anticlimactic. And um, I feel I'm, I'm surprised after Abu Dhabi that they didn't essentially write some kind of rule in um, because the debate's been brought up again that it's finished behind the safety car. Yes, it was actually done properly this time in the in the fairway. But I can't believe there's not they didn't at least try and put something in. Even for the situation if it did decide the championship again, um, that they say, well, let's red flag it or something. If there's five laps to go and there's a safety car, get the red flag out and we have a standing start and maybe people don't get to change their tires or something. But at least put some kind of rule in place to stop that safety car finish because it is a shame for for the fans. It was a shame. Um, yeah, Formula One finds itself in a very difficult spot now, I think, with Drive to Survive, with this whole new generation of fans coming in and they're trying to keep everyone happy and it's all about the drama and the controversy and entertainment and you know everything like that that... You know, they find themselves in a very, a very different spot where perhaps some rulings that have been part of Formula One for many, many years now needs to potentially evolve and change. Um, Danny Rick pulled over on lap 47 of 53. There's no way we should have had a safety car finish. That there isn't. That there, there was plenty of things they could have done. Um, I think the safety car could have actually caught the cube at a better place so that there was more time for them to move it. Of course, there's there's a lot of chat about the fact that the the pickup truck or whatever you want to call it was actually on the track reversing whilst the cars were going past. That, for me, it doesn't matter how slow they're going. Like Surely that's a bit of a hazard in itself. You've got a car swinging around. It was reversing at quite a rate of knots as well. They were clearly being told to hurry up. We're trying to get the race underway. And if we're all about safety and keeping things, you know, absolutely 100% no risk, then surely you go, mm, yeah, having that on track, reversing other cars there, marshals on track as well, looks a bit dodgy. Baku, for example, of course, that was a different incident because there was a big crash and they had to, they had to throw the, the safety car and then eventually the red flag. But for me, I don't want to see safety car finishes just purely, not just purely because I'm a Leclerc fan. I'd love to have seen him have a you know, go at Verstappen. He wouldn't have had a go anyway because he was on scrubbed softs compared to Verstappen's brand new. There was no chance that he was going to have uh, an opportunity. But it just, yeah, it just feels quite flat uh, to see a safety car finish. And I know this has been part of motorsport, but it doesn't necessarily mean it always has to be a part of motorsport. NASCAR have a green-white checker. They always finish on under green one way or another. Lewis Hamilton, I think, said after the race, why do laps behind the safety car have to count or something like that, which I'm not sure how that would work because, I mean, fuel and stuff like that, that, that probably wouldn't work. But there's plenty of ideas and possibilities that could happen. Um, but I think throwing a red flag might well have just been the safest option it gives us a great grandstand finish it ticks all the boxes is it fair well probably not you might get harry kane on twitter like after abu dhabi going why are safety cars thrown i don't understand this is so unfair but i yeah i personally think maybe in the era of 2022 formula one and beyond safety car finishes aren't the best thing to to have unless it's literally lap 52 or 53 then you go all right fair enough but that was lap 47 there were six mm. laps to go. 
Now, I think changes could be looked at. I mean, as an F1 fan, and I've been an F1 fan for a long time, I kind of just accept that sometimes races will end under safety car. I think it's happened 10 times where a Grand Prix has finished behind a safety car. And then apparently additionally, five Grand Prix have been ended prematurely whilst under safety car, like Belgium 2021, for example. Um, but of course, I've not been at a race where that has happened. Um, so I can imagine it's incredibly frustrating. Also worth mentioning, you know, some of the support series races ended under weird circumstances, you know, F3 championships being decided in the pit lane or whatever it may be. So generally the Monza crowd got a bit shafted when it came to like the end of races. Um, but it's a difficult one. I think it's important that Formula One look at improving it for the future because as you say matt you know there's six seven laps left really shouldn't have ended under the safety car but the fia have defended their decision ricardo's car was stuck in gear so it meant that it was difficult to get rid of um in terms of throwing a red flag for me if something is given a red flag it's because maybe there's debris everywhere there's damage to a barrier where this was just a case of a recovery vehicle on track which is naturally very uncomfortable for everyone to see um, but it was just one stationary car parked in an awkward place. But like, I don't know, I, I, I do see why people are annoyed at how it's ended. Um, but it's just coming up with a fair solution um, because we could make up a rule like Formula E have where you get additional laps if there's a safety car. But then that links back to, well, will fuel management be OK? Are we going to get then loads of cars running out of fuel by the end of the race? Or it could be that we implement this change and then in three years time when there's another safety car ending and they add this additional rule that it shafts somebody else. Like it's a bit of a tricky one, but I do think it's important that the FIA look into this. Um, because yeah, for the people that have traveled over there, um, it's, it's not nice. And also the millions of people watching on TV. Um, but according to F1 Wikipedia, which I don't like using Wikipedia, but sometimes it's the only place I can find the information. Um, apparently the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix was the last race to have finished behind the safety car. So yes, that's two years ago, but it's quite a, an uncommon occurrence. Um, and sometimes you know, if there has been a, an incident, it's not quite as easy just to throw a red flag. Although we did see that in Baku. So I don't know. There's a lot of like ideas floating around, but I think as long as the FIA get input from drivers, maybe even from fans, because they're the ones paying to be there from teams and coming up with a solution maybe for the 2023 season of how it kind of works, because naturally it's left a lot of sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. We, we did a poll, uh, 23,845 votes, 60% said F1 races shouldn't be allowed to end under the safety car. 40% yes. So it's close, but still uh, in favour of not having it. And I think, I think it comes down to the fact that when you're watching 20 races at home, then fair enough, um, I'll... Okay, the the odd one's boring, but if I was a fan in the grandstand, you do feel a little bit, you know, you're not robbed in the same way uh, that you are uh, a Spa 2021. But you know, if I if I'd gone to Monza and forked out, you know, 
more than the price of a holiday because F1's damn expensive now to go to. Uh, and then the race just ends like that, which, okay, yeah, that it does happen sometimes, but doesn't mean you can't be annoyed about it because you go, oh, I paid all this money and the ending was a bit meh. And, and then it's like, oh, that's it. I go home now. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think... make... Sorry, Matt, you go. That's okay. I was just going to reflect back on Baku, where obviously we had that very late red flag. I didn't really see anyone complaining that we had that last couple of lap shoot. People loved it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it might be, people might say it's gimmicky or it's forced. Oh, everything's but a gimmick that's in the F1 thing, nowadays. That, that's the thing, is that you won't be able to please everybody, no matter what you do. We, we, uh, we learned that firsthand. We're literally uh, racing in opinions. a sport where there's different tyre compounds. They have a little flap that opens up so they can overtake easier. They have sprint races. They have qualifying. They have knockout qualifying. Like, everything's a gimmick. <laughs> really mm. uh, there's so many gimmicks formula one uh, the gimmick argument I, I, don't, I don't feel like there's any reason you can't make a sport more exciting and enjoyable for everyone involved because at the end of the day it's not even like um you know even even lewis hamilton was like and and of all the people that are going <laughs> to want a safety car ending uh just finished under the safety car after everything that happened uh, it would be him and he was like yeah it sucks doesn't it like I would have liked to have carried on. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do that. And yeah. even all the drivers are miffed as well about it. So, so perhaps not like all this, of them. Not all. Not all of them. The ones that managed to, yeah, the ones that managed to keep their position, like De Vries, Joe, were all saying that they were happy about it. But that's because they, they were able to just, yeah. yeah, they benefited. So, I think um, maybe one solution, right? The marshals ascertain whether they can recover and remove a particular vehicle within two laps they have to judge that if they can't they get on the blow and go all right we can't we can't move this in two laps yeah yeah exactly because they they clearly put they were clearly so desperate to get it finished that they kind of messed it up and it was a bit farcical and they had the recovery truck on track so they were trying so hard to do it that it makes you think well why not just red flag it then? If you're that desperate for it not to finish under the safety car, yeah, then and, and maybe write in the rules after Abu Dhabi and say this is the solution. So it doesn't end under the safety car. No one likes race ending under the safety car. So let's just put a red flag. And it's, and it's such a rare opportunity, uh, it's such a rare thing in sport that yes, ultimately people will benefit and some won't. But sometimes it. Goes in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. That spot. And what, what if we if... threw? Oh, go on. Sorry. We've all got ideas. No, we have. But I'm saying, okay, this tall two lap rule of like we can't move the car. We'll throw a red flag. But then what about all the people that pitted under safety car for tires? We then go to red flag, and then it's all free for all. People will still find a reason to complain about that. Like there's always going to be a solution that is going to benefit someone, and then also you know hinder someone else. It's it's mm. always going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I think because um, if we were to have this red flag rule, for example, as I say, like just a two lap, whatever, um, that red flag then doesn't necessarily have to be a standing start. There could be a thing where you go, well, look, if we just have to pause the race for a second, we get the car out the way, we red flag it, we then get them behind the safety car again, and you have your five laps or whatever. And then maybe that's the, you know, that, maybe that's a scenario where 
you try and make it as fair as possible. It's not going to be fair for everybody, but I think finishing under a safety car, six six laps behind a safety car to then end the race is probably the the least fair on the fans, uh, and perhaps um, where can, some some changes need to be made. Yeah, you can talk about Verstappen. Um, oh, it's not fair on him that he's lost his seventeen second lead or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's motorsport and there's so many different scenarios someone can crash and cause a safety car and someone can pit for tires someone can uh do this do that there's so many options like formula one can never be fair otherwise you just go oh well this is the order and you might as well just let them qualify with one lap and go this guy's fastest you've won well done yeah exactly if there's no jeopardy of racing um then that's the way to make it totally fair but boy would it be boring so i'm sure everybody listening uh, and watching live will have their own comments and thoughts and uh think we're washed or agree with us so please do let us know uh in the comment section what you think uh, and we'll actually go into the first question so maybe we've covered all of them already but let's see <laughs> uh, azteca lad uh, why are people arguing now that races shouldn't finish behind safety cars while in the past we've even had championships decided behind safety cars well, I think for this one, it's just general evolution of sport, right? Like this is something where just because it's happened in the past doesn't mean it's now fine when we want to talk about it. And Formula One is getting bigger and bigger and bigger by the year. More fans are coming in, more fans that are newer to the sport and have a different appreciation uh, for Formula One than perhaps older, hardcore fans like ourselves. Uh, and sport has to evolve. It has to change. Football has VAR, depending on whether you, you know, accept or don't accept that and i saw some people saying about nil nil draws and well you know they all have nil nil draws so why is it you know why is a safety car finish the uh, like any different well for me i'd argue that in football if someone's injured they don't just roll around the floor for five minutes and then it's the end of the game that five minutes gets added on at the end of the game and you still get to see the finish of a of a, of a football match um but True. this isn't about football this is about formula one and yeah i'm just saying that i think just because it hasn't changed in the past doesn't mean Fine. That's the rules now till we all die. Yeah. yeah exactly. I don't know anything about football. You could say I don't have much ball knowledge, which actually is going to be clipped on God. But um, <laughs> <laughs> with football, if you have nil-nil, that's not it, though. Because you then, if it's like a big game, if it's like the Euro finals, if it was nil-nil, does it then go to extra time and then it goes to penalties? So there's yeah, always an outcome. To, they have to fuel the the the. the the players as well they have to stick a little nozzle in them and but then i guess the argument is oranges and... i guess the argument is someone is winning yeah um, so yeah, someone always whole wins nil, at the end of the day argument. you get yeah that, there will be a you get winner. that climax hmm. God, um, <laughs> yeah back to the question um, do, yeah yeah you do um, <laughs> um yeah people yeah like the end of the day sport does evolve and it shouldn't just be just because, oh, well, actually, in the 50s, um, everyone went around and um, the gaps were 50 seconds between them. Like so many other sports have involved to make it more TV friendly at the end of the day. It's not just Formula One. And yes, it can be a bit gimmicky, but why can't a sport be entertaining as long as it doesn't go? down an absolute ridiculous route because at the end of the day um you're still getting 
you're still getting the the best drivers and the best teams ending up the winner at the end of the season and stuff. So um, as long as it's not so ridiculous that you go, well, actually, no, the Williams won um, because that's more entertaining. Um, but in terms of yeah, safety cars and things, I think I think people are are in their right to say, well, you know, a sport should end under green flag conditions um, because the people on TV are disappointed. Imagine again, I say back to it, but imagine that you've paid all that money to go sit in the grandstand and you just feel a little bit like, oh, ends on a bit of a a bummer mm. the weekend, especially with the ticket prices going through the roof yep. these days. Um, and the uh, awful experience that it sounds like some fans had anyway, yeah, uh, with queuing for 700 hours for a bottle of water sorry, a token, and then another seven hours to get a bottle of water. Um, sounds ridiculous. So, yeah, um, I'm going to be compiling and doing a, a YouTube video for that this week. So, um, uh, we'll go into a bit more detail, use some fan, um, stories and things that they've said and make sure that we we cover it as much as possible uh on that because yeah we, we've obviously had a few things and people not being supported and some fan some ferrari fans telling you know max fans and red bull fans to take off their merch or they can't sit there and and things like that and it angers me incredibly so uh yeah we're gonna do a full-blown video on that one um uh so yeah we'll 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 probably touch on that then um team wtf1 member e flat major why did they let the cars go on track while there was a crane removing Ricardo's car? That sounds very, very illegal. Why did they do that? We'll try and get an answer, but the FIA are now in prison. It was actually illegal. Uh, it's done. Uh, it's over. No, I, I don't know. It's um, That's what I kind of uh, mentioned before, right? It, it did feel a bit weird that the crane was on track, reversing or the pickup <clears> truck or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it looked like they were in a rush. And I imagine there may well be some kind of investigation into that as to why that was decided that way. Was it because they were just trying to rush to get it underway? And if that's the case, surely rushing safety means that it's not actually that safe at all. And there should be other parameters put in place, <coughs> red flags. And yeah, they said the FIA were like, oh, it wasn't as wasn't a big enough situation for it to be a red flag. I would say reversing a crane with Ricardo's car on it, swaying around with two or however many marshals around whilst the cars are going past is enough of a situation where you go, hmm, we can't move this very safely. And they weren't even under virtual, which is the thing that they implemented to basically with a virtual, you're always doing a constant slow speed, whereas in a safety car, you can speed up, slow down and hit a delta. So in theory... Um, people could have been flying. No, VSC is the same. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, but they, but some people like come round and catch the safety car and stuff. So it's just a mess, really. I don't know why. It's just one of those things that you know. After what happened to Jules Bianchi, I hope I'd have never seen a tractor, uh, kind of on the track again during a, a race and it happened in was it turkey that time although yeah. that was that was when Quality, it was green yeah. flag wasn't it but even even this it still doesn't look great because all it takes is someone to lock up their brakes or warm their tires and they're spinning mm. and going and and hitting it so yeah not not good no i said earlier it makes for very uncomfortable viewing i think um, we see it in Formula E as well, which I also hate. But 
everyone, I think, pretty much gets Japan flashbacks with what happened with Jules. But I would quite like to see it. I don't know how how possible it would be, but at like Monaco or we saw them in Zambor, they have all of the cranes that reach up really high and are behind all of the walls. So they don't have to rely on bringing out these cherry pickers. Um, they can sort of sort it from behind and without a tractor getting onto the track. Um, but I guess in certain situations it's unavoidable, but then, yeah, you have to say in situations like that, how many, um, like how much can you risk that everything's just going to be fine? Um, because as you say, it just takes one little mistake or whatever, um, for something awful to happen. Um, it is, it wasn't a bit of a weird place as well, the car and Ricardo said that he couldn't see a, um, what's it called like a escape, side, road, escape road thank you yeah couldn't see an escape road where he stopped people were saying why did Ricardo not pull over to the left and park on the left when there was plenty of grass and stuff that he could park up on so lots of things to look into um but yeah also not helped by the fact that the car was stuck in gear so it wasn't a case that they could just like roll it away they had to bring out the cherry picker you're saying it's a conspiracy and he wanted to help Max Verstappen, his old teammate. Oh, I saw somebody say, oh, <laughs> Danny Ricardo helped win the race for two people in two consecutive years. I'm like, One thing that was quite interesting about that, I saw you you do that post, is that the Monza curse hit again. Yeah. You what know, everyone said about... I'm not happy Leclerc, about it. But... Yeah, Leclerc won and then retired from the next race. Gasly won and retired from the next race. And everyone's like, Danny Ricardo's going to DNF. And sure enough, his car just said, oh, yeah, the Monza curse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so that means there's clarification that Max Verstappen's win streak will at least end in Monza 2023. <laughs> so uh, that's at least yeah. some sort 26 of 26 races time. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Great. Uh, right. Yes. So, yeah, I guess to your point about the cranes and having better infrastructure, and that's just the point, right? These are old tracks that don't uh, can't afford to have these uh, things in place. Monaco is obviously very different where they can't, have probably the cherry pickers so much and they have to have the There's the no cranes to <laughs> yeah to just uh, lift them off and uh, and whatnot but yeah it does pose the question these these older school you know these old school tracks that we all love the infrastructure not just with for it, yeah. cranes but with everything else with the security for fans with formula one is falling behind where it needs to be when it comes to a fan experience there needs to be this investment to bring it up to speed uh, and it's going to cost a lot of money, and, and the tracks aren't willing to pay it until they're literally forced into paying some, uh, you know, doing a particular um, or following a particular set of rules. They won't do it. And to be honest, if there were a set of rules that bring every, you know, bring every track up to to speed in in twenty twenty two in terms of security, etc., I think a lot of them would just go bust and wouldn't be able to be in Formula One. So it's a very tricky situation uh, for for the likes of Monza, Spa, etc., uh, to be in. You're uh, just sorry one one more thing on that the the sad thing as well is the the fact that these these old school circuits you know they're losing money to host these races and everyone wants them to be on the calendar but at the end of the day it fits the um fits f1 sadly it fits f1's agenda that when you see mm. all these terrible things happening at spa and monza and all these old school tracks that the FIA gives uh, F1, sorry, gives them a chance to justify um, doing things like Miami and Vegas, where they can just say, well, we yeah. control everything. We're going to pump loads of money into it because we want to be here. 
rather than just going, right, Monza, put on a show. There's a lot more fans than there are than normal. Three hundred and seventy thousand yeah. or whatever. Off you go. Uh, good luck. Cheers. We'll see We're not going to uh, give you any week. help at all. No, I think that's ridiculous. That's a I think they should point, offer a financial package for all of like identify the five key races that have to stay on the calendar because of its history and its legacy, and then take a lump sum and mm. hand it out to each of the circuits. I think never F1... do that. No, I know because they're greedy, greedy Sad. people, and Jesus, it really yeah. annoys me. Um, but I'm glad you went with people there, Katie. I know, I nearly was like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a very good point, actually, Tommy, that it fits with their agenda that perhaps they're almost make like wanting them sabotaging their own. Yep. can then sign different tracks. Wow, I really hope that's not the case, but I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, Team WTF1 member Mega versus Primus. Has the changes made in the FIA actually helped? In F3, there was a title decider that was decided in the pit lane with penalties. F2, they gave out incorrect penalties to Vips. And in Formula 1, it took them too long to deploy the VSC and safety car. Um, I think it pretty much shows that f- motorsport's very difficult. Uh, to make sure it goes swimmingly and consistently. Um, It's it's difficult to say. Obviously, there's going to be a teething period where they make changes and and whatnot. But yeah, it's still still a bit of of a a travesty at the moment uh, in in every formula by the looks of things. Um, But I, I don't really know what more we can do as fans to to make it happen. Like, for example, yeah, Danny Rick out there on track just with double wave yellows. I was like, are you expecting Danny Rick to just hover off the track? And I feel like they're very slow with deploying a safety car. And whether that's because they're trying to deploy it at the right time so it's fair for everybody or whatever, but you think safety comes before anything else, but then they'd argue that double-waved yellows is part of safety. So it's, yeah, it, there's plenty of um, inconsistencies going on uh, with the FIA. I guess it's maybe not spoken about as much because we don't have a title decider on our hands that perhaps causes us to care so much about these these point swings but yeah it's uh it's not great at the fia it's not been a good weekend for the fia in my opinion i know that the race is all happened and well okay so even that's questionable if they ended under safety car but um there's always going to be a lot of question marks even over like the whole getting a starting grid three hours after qualifying that that's absolutely ridiculous should not be happening I think I refuse to believe that there's not things the FIA can do to help themselves in situations like that. We've spoken about having people, you know, in their communications department in race control feeding information back and um, with the the flag system, like in F2, there was a nasty crash on the first lap on Saturday, I think it would have been. And you could see it happen in the background. And then it took what felt like a lifetime for it to be a yellow flag on the actual TV graphics. I know yellow flags were waved on track and at the end of the day, like as long as the flags are waved on the track and that's where the actual drivers are compared to us at home, then that's the most important thing. But it still does seem like there's periods of time in between like whether that's waiting three hours for a starting grid, whether that's waiting for graphics to be updated or a safety car deployed or whatever it may be that, yeah, the FIA have just got themselves into a bit of a, a bit of a pickle. Their reputation is already incredibly fragile at the moment after everything that happened with last year and Abu Dhabi and Michael Massey and all this kind of stuff that 
the FIA needed to come into 2022 with, you know, they had the two new race directors and they were making all of these changes to the sporting regulations and bringing all this kind of stuff in. But um, in my personal opinion, which shock Katie with FIA slander, but they've just not delivered um, when I think they could have really used that as an opportunity to come back stronger. Um, but it still feels a bit like they're running around like headless chickens. So, soz. <laughs> Tommy, uh, big thoughts uh, on mute there. Really, yeah. thanks so much good, for that. Good banter. Um, sorry, yeah. I think um, you're right that they're kind of almost saved a little bit that we don't have a big title fight because, my word, these decisions, you know, Le- Leclerc and Verstappen separated by a point and little things like the exact time the VSC comes out, the exact time the safety car doesn't come to an end and give Leclerc a chance to fight back and all this kind of stuff would be so much more under fire than it is. Um because yeah, there's no there's no title fight. So they're kind of getting away with it at the moment. So um I've seen a lot of people say that was Massey the problem? Was he the scapegoat? Um there's a lot of a lot of situations, isn't there, where um, he obviously screwed up massively, but it's a very difficult job, and uh, they're not doing a lot better, not that much better, are they? No, they certainly they've certainly got a, a, an easier season to cover as well. Yeah, it's almost like practice uh, for when they eventually get a title fight. Um, FA fourteen goat comes in with why is Monza not getting the same hate as other tracks when it comes to boring races? I love the track and Tifosi, but it is almost as boring as Zandvoort, Catalonia, Paul Ricard and Monaco. It's funny, really. We had two pretty big stinkers at Spa and Monza, and they're the two most loved tracks from fans and clearly it holds a very dear place in, in a lot of our hearts. And it is mad that they kind of almost get a free pass for, for boring. We're like, ah, boring race. All right, see you next year for another probably boring race because DRS trains and they can't really pass because of their skinny wings and they're all going very fast. And you've got a Danny Rick train and Danny Rick can never be passed at Monza. Apparently that's just a thing now that happens unless his car breaks down. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's just because it's a very good track and I do genuinely really like seeing them going around it very similar to spa in some ways. Um, but yeah, uh, it, I think it's very exciting because of that thing that, thought oh maybe we'll get a safety car maybe we'll get a, a red flag and we'll you know, even just having that lap one down towards turns one and two that's got mm. some serious jeopardy there anyway because of how tight it is and you just know the race can change at any point so monster's just a great track and let's just let's just say it's a boring race and move on it doesn't need to be <laughs> taken off the off the calendar the, th- the thing is the last two races there before this one essentially the fact that they were boring and you can't overtake meant that we got two insane winners and everyone absolutely loved it because at the end of the day the gasly win was actually a really boring race if you look on the if if you actually replace gasly with a hamilton or verstappen it's the most boring light lights to flag win when no one can pass but because it's gasly, was on gasly's tail a little bit towards the end yeah but it's the fact that it, it was basically a race where no one could pass. And then equally yeah. the same with the Daniel Ricciardo one. Um, they weren't interesting races. It was just exciting because finally, um, and at the end of the day, like Formula One has just become so impossible for midfield teams to have any hope that it just 
meant that it was exciting just to see someone else at the front for a change. So that's why it was good. And yeah, you know, we probably, it's going to be one of those races where, yeah, you will rely on a bit of rain or something to happen, but um, some races are bad, some races are good, and uh, it can change quite dramatically even from track to track. I just wonder what that means, like, Maybe sometimes good. maybe sometimes, good. Good. sometimes, sometimes maybe, maybe. yeah <laughs> no i think you know monza for lots of people in 2020 and 2021 were some of the best races because we got those crazy winners or random podium finishes and things like that so it can deliver um a shock result um and we've seen that over the last few years i think yesterday the race wasn't the most exciting we've seen all season um but generally i I don't mind Monza. I'm not offended by it or whatever. And also, like, <laughs> just, <laughs> that people will find a reason to be offended by anything, I'll see. But also, I would say to this Fernando Alonso 14 goat, which I'm guessing is what the FA14 is, um, to say, Agreed. watch the F3, watch the F2. They were crazy races. So it just proves that you can have decent races around Monza. Maybe F1's a problem. Maybe we should say F1's washed. F1. Yeah. Yeah. Bit off F1. F3 around Monza is so it's good just, every year. It's crazy. It's because Unless there's more time red flag for them to yeah. slipstream. Yeah. Unless the red flag ends on the pit wall. Yeah, true. For 25 yeah. minutes. And we don't talk about that. Finish. But, but up until then, when it's the, great. <laughs> yeah, when they're racing, it's good. Yeah, slower cars work nicer around Monza because there's more time to sit in the slipstream, whack open the DRS and you're flying. Uh, so and that's, you know, you always get the three, four, five wide moments in, in Formula 3 and, and stuff. So basically we need them in family cars and we'll know that the 75 speed seconds we'll know the speed of them. And I love the seconds. memes that change that to Latifi. I was going to say that. Don't forget, he eats Nutella. I'm joking. Love it, love it. Next question. Isolation Gamer 1. Can we safely say that McLaren is now equal to blame for Ricardo's poor performances? It seems every time he's ahead of Norris, the team put him on a strategy that is aimed to have him finish behind Lando. No, we cannot blame McLaren for the same amount as what Ricardo uh, as 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 done for his performances, no way. Like Ricardo, the only reason he was put in that situation is because he was slow, and he was holding up a huge amount of cars. And McLaren have gone, okay, we can overcut with Norris with better pace. He can hold them all up, and then Norris can, you know, ride off into the sunset. I can completely understand why McLaren did that. It's not like I can't imagine Ricardo had a huge amount more pace available to him because there was a massive train behind him for the entire race, pretty much until he conked out. Uh, so I can, I'd, I'm not going to blame McLaren for the strategy they did with, with Ricardo. It makes perfect sense. Norris couldn't get through uh, the train as easy after his terrible start. Um, and they tried to utilize the, the situation at Monza where overtaking is very difficult uh, to benefit hopefully both of both of the uh, the drivers obviously ricardo would have finished behind norris but still benefit as a team uh, so no I, I don't think mclaren can be blamed for anything at monza yeah maybe not in monza but i i definitely think there've been a few suspicious uh pit calls or whatever over the year or incidents where he's been given an upgrade and it doesn't work and all this kind of stuff so i'm not saying that that's solely to blame for him you know falling off if you want to call it that this year but um i think it's important to highlight that mclaren haven't been 100 percent perfect with what they've been telling him to do or their suggestions and things like that um but with this race 
as a Danny Rick fan, I'm just going to pretend like he did that the race finished after lap one and we got a Danny Rick podium. So I'm happy to see him up in the top three. That was that's going to go in the Louvre. Oh, wow. It's... That's more deluded than my Ferrari Leclerc fandom this year, isn't it? Jeez. you got to do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... It's sad that it's got to that point, isn't it? No, no, Where no. oh well, he was P three for a little bit. Hmm. Um, got yeah. better start than Norris, though. Take the little wins, you know. The small victories, yeah. yeah. It's a situation where, at the end of the day, the it's a vicious cycle of Daniel Ricciardo doesn't perform. So why would McLaren go out of their way to, you know, if they're going to do a, a the better strategy, they're going to put their eggs in. Norris's basket aren't they and do the the best for him and like Matt said essentially Daniel Ricciardo was holding up um, everyone which by the way he could not pick a more comedy helmet to be holding everyone up that he'd just come down the main straight mm-hmm. and you could see his face on top it's obviously it's great that the halo's there but if it wasn't that would have looked even more hilarious Sorry, yeah. you could see his face um, on the top of his helmet as he was just blocking pretty much the entire field um so yeah i mean his his slow pace helped his teammate and even with lando's botched start and botched pit stop clara not having a great time at the moment are they but um yeah they uh they still he still managed to get ahead of ricardo eventually thanks for a bit of team orders but um yeah this you can't blame mclaren for not um, going out of their way uh, for a driver that's not delivering. Sassy. Hey. Love it. Uh, right. Tommy, do you have a jingle? I do have a jingle. Good. It's from... Get it playing. Jack Boosted. Hi, guys. I'm a guitarist working in several live bands, including a wedding event band. Abba tribute, status quo tribute. I always listen to your podcast while driving, as I sometimes have up to three or four hour drives to gigs. Hope you enjoy this simple but effective. Keep up the awesome work, Jack. Here we go then. Wow, simple, short, effective, short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. Boom, love it. Thank you, okay, and keep you, sending them in. Podcast at WTF1.com. We need more. Podcast at WTF1.com. We'll be forced to sing it every week and you don't want that. So please no, send them in. You absolutely do not want that. Okay. Right. ABCDF one time. Let's start with Mick Schumacher. I knew. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I had a feeling you were yeah, going to do that. Because I had See, a little pause. I was like, mm. oh, here yeah. we go. Where's he, where's, he, where's he off to? Where's he starting? <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Mick Schumacher. Hmm. Mm, very anonymous. It was. I felt, which I feel like we say about that most of the time. Uh, P12 for Mick. Um, I'm going to go with C. Yeah, I think a C. Yeah, it's a shame. He he was another one that was absolutely fuming about the safety car at the end. Was he? He yeah, wanted he to was. go racing. He did. P12, he, he saw an opportunity. Shock. He did not benefit from the safety car, and therefore he wanted the safety car to come in. Uh, right. Next up, we have... Oh, sorry. So, yeah, C. Uh, and then a C from the fans. Uh, Kevin Magnussen. Hmm. 16th. He, uh, last. Last. Last, last. last of the finishers. Yeah. Uh, that's a solid D. What happened to K-Mag? He got beaten by Latifi. He got a penalty for 
leaving the track and oh yeah he did yeah he got five second pen oh oh k-mag doing something wrong on lap one surely not (laughs) oh no right surely not that's an e yeah i'm going e yeah i guess we've got to put in some latifi tax haven't we (laughs) literally (laughs) okay e from us and a d from the fans uh next up joe guan yu p10 one point b b b Lovely. B from us and a B from the fans. Valtteri Bottas, 13th. Started last with his penalty, but made a mistake, turn one. He did, yeah. Uh, C. D. Mm. No, he's better than that. D. He's getting beaten mm. by his rookie teammate. Come on. But who didn't have a penalty? But still. I'm really annoyed because apparently Alpha okay, also have two power units in the bank, but they just gave him one here. And I was like, you ruined my prediction for points. So oh. I'm Oh yeah, no, we'll go C because he started. On I the think back. Yeah, C. Tommy? I said C. Oh, okay. Uh C from you us and a C. C. <laughs> All right. C from us and a C from the fans. Nick DeVries, they start. They start. They start. And they start from the fans. Woo. Nicholas Atifi. I'm going to go with an E, e. not an F. Yeah. That's beat, generous. Why? Because he, he, he beat Kevin Magnuson. He beat someone. Yeah. Well done. Gold star. Um, I'm going to go F. He literally got <laughs> obliterated by his brand new teammate that spent five minutes in the car. Yeah, it's fair. not good enough. 25 but he minutes. likes the teller, though. <laughs> oh, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be it. It would be an F, but he loves the oh, teller, so it's an E God. for me. Yeah. Where are you going with Tommy? N, N for Nutella. Um... F. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, you convinced me, Katie. It's and, very bad. <laughs> an F from us and an F from the fans. Lance Stroll. Wow, what Lance a weekend to get for Aston Martin. Yeah. Just had a problem with the car, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's 39. No, he was out in Q1, D. <laughs> mm. But is that the best that they could get out of the car? Because also Vettel joined him as well. It's a couple of Ds. Double D for for Aston Martin, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll right, go for D. a D. Yeah, D from us and a C from the fans. Sebastian Vettel, D. 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 And somebody, well, I tweeted it on the WTF1 account. That was Seb's last ever European race. Like, that's so sad. <laughs> I said that in the Twitch that you're going to be like. <laughs> This is this, this is, is the last time <laughs> Seb will be doing lap seven of Singapore. <laughs> oh god, that's so predictable. It's <laughs> the last time Seb will walk down the pit lane. <laughs> I uh, am going to be a mess in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I'm telling you now. You were uh, D from us. You Ricardo going as well. I know. Thanks. <laughs> D from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, fourteenth. He started, he started back. C. Dead last, yeah. C. C. C, yeah. Okay, C from us and the C from the fans. Uh, Pierre Gasly. P8. That's a nice result. A. A. Yeah, yeah. That Alpha Tower has been dreadful. I think it he's has. done a great job. Yeah. True. Like, he's not beating the top six. I'm looking at, yeah, where he could yeah. have finished and realistically only finished behind Norris. So it's a A. Yeah. Maybe. B. 
Mm, this is a no, tricky no, one. No, still a B. Wow. I'm going A. Katie, you have the deciding decision. Uh, I'll go A because I like being generous. Uh, I can't wait to reflect on these grades and Tommy will be like, you're so nice to them. Uh, a from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Esteban Ocon, uh, 11th. What okay. happened to Alpine start, this weekend? Start. I know, so disappointing. Dreadful. I'm so annoyed. That was meant to be their race, wasn't it? They just weren't really on the I pace. I was ready for they? a Fernando Alonso podium, you know. It's vibing. I was hoping it was going to happen. Yeah, I did not see. I did not see. Can't even compare it to Fernando because Fernando's car blew up after saying, "There's a problem with my car," and then going, mm, "We can't see it." And then the next lap, "Hi, oh, Fernando, the there's a problem with it? your car." <laughs> yeah, you said the, the deployment was wrong, and then it was like, "No, it's, it looks all good to us." And he was like, "Wow." <laughs> Wow. Mm. Uh, are we going with C for Ocon then? Or? Yeah. Just. Katie? Borderline D. Let's see. I... Oh, yeah, I'll go for a C because I know he can do better than that. No, no, you know what? Maybe, he, should have, he, he, should, he should be passing like Nick DeVries and stuff at the start of the race in a Williams. And I know he's in a yeah. DRS train, but he also was so much slower than Alonso in qualifying now. Think about it. Mm. Yeah, it's a D. Okay, D. You persuaded me. Grumpy yeah. Tommy coming out. Popping off Twitch Tommy <laughs> on YouTube. Right. Uh, cool. So we give Ocon a D and the fans gave him a C. Fernando Alonso was running in the points, wasn't he, until his car yeah. blew up? C. 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 C from us and the C from the fans. Daniel Ricardo. A star. <laughs> I'm going to go with a B. C. Oh, what? I'll go for a B. Cool. There you go. I don't know why I said I it quite like that. A little bit more, yeah. uh, bit more. Uh, got a cool racing helmet, there, really. racing in Monza. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Latifi's got Nutella. He got Ricardo's got a good helmet. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> god, I tried to oh, not bring dear. that up, but you did it. Um, I know. I'm going to go with the B. Danny Rick. Yeah, B. That's C for me. But well yeah. done, Danny Rick. Okay, cool. B from us and the C. Uh, B from the fans. Uh, yeah, so the fans gave him a B as well. Uh, Lando Norris, B. Yeah. Uh, no, he made a lot of. He made a mistake. He did make a mistake. Yeah, it's the mistake at the but start. Which stop was slow. Yeah. Is it an A? He had, he had good rest? pace, but a. he screwed up a, a good chance. It's gonna be A. He, especially he if you've given da- you've given Danny Rick a B, so I think you've forced us into an A. Thank you. Oh, damn. Yeah. Normally, Lando's higher up as well if there's like a fallout or like somebody doesn't finish in the like a Red Bull or a Ferrari or whatever. So I feel like that was probably the best he could do. Yeah. And Andy had a lot of mistakes as well. So he could have even maybe beaten Perez if he hadn't had those mistakes. Yeah. Um, okay. No, C for Ricardo, B for Norris. That's what I'd have gone for. Am I sticking with mine? <laughs> okay, all right. So now our official grades are C for Ricardo and a B from the fans and a B for Norris, yeah? And a B from the fans for Norris. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. Uh, Carlos signs from the back of the grid to P4, it's an A. I want to give him an A and star. An a star, yeah. He wow. was so quick at the start. Okay. It was awesome to watch. I mean, his his new power unit was doing some doing some absolute numbers. Yeah, I know he was passing essentially F two cars compared to what um, 
the the top guys are because the gap between Ferrari and Red Bull based on everyone else was insane. Yeah. But it was a joy to watch. Same. A joy to watch. It was a joy to watch. Uh on the podium is uh, an A star. I think fourth is an A. That's Oscar snoring if you can hear noises um, in the background. A. Can't, no. Piastri. Okay. Katie's got Piastri. Um, <laughs> He's no. just snapping on the floor in my house. Waiting for that McLaren. Drive. What's your grade, Katie? Um, A star. Okay, so an A from us <laughs> and <laughs> an A from the fans. Charles Leclerc. A. 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 Oh, I'm going to get cancelled for that. Can't wait. And an A from the fans. Sergio Perez had a brake problem. Was on fire. C. Still finished sixth. C. Definitely C. Yeah, C. I worry. C for... Sorry, go on. No, I was just about to announce and go on to the next one. What were you going to say? I worry that Perez is kind of slipping to Alban and Gasly territory now, but flattered by the fact that the Red Bull's now the best car on the grid. Well, flattered by the fact he had a good start to the season, you mean, as well? Yeah, and the fact that essentially he's finished sixth. I know he started at the back, but he started ahead of Hamilton and Sainz and somehow made no places up at the start. And uh, yeah, well, he pit really early, trails. didn't he? Yeah, he mm. pit. Re- I feel like there was definitely a problem with the car. You say yeah. as well, he started at the back. He started thirteenth. But what well, I mean is, he was. But when you compare that to what science managed, like ten laps, and science was like seventh or something. Mm, yeah. But when you compare what science managed to do in arguably not the quickest car, because the quickest car was the Red Bull, going from the back to fourth. And then Perez, who is in the quickest car, went from 13th to 6th. I know he had the issue with his brakes and stuff, but... I just feel... Did he say anything after the race? Any, did we see anything about that? Because, like, obviously his brakes right, were on overheating fire, problem. So, so um, I can't imagine that would have helped his pace in, in yeah. very hard braking zones in Monza. But, um, okay, C anyway. Yeah, stick with my yeah, C. Yeah, it's a C. Okay, C from us. That's going to go down well. And a B from the fans. Uh, Max Verstappen, a star. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Seems fed <laughs> up with those. And an A star from the fans. <laughs> George Russell, A. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of just had his own little race. Like he wasn't really close to Max and Charles. Yeah. He wasn't really def- close to the guys behind. Was the, he was close to an A star, but the I guy in the defending Verstappen was just like mm. he knew that he wasn't in that race of Verstappen didn't he and just let him go yeah um, so, yeah I think yeah. it's close to an A star but we'll go with an A it's a solid A well done Russell and an A from the fans Lewis Hamilton finished P5 he had a quite a slow start to getting through the field and then I'm so confused by Hamilton's race because yeah, I was like why isn't he getting through the field like science and then all of a sudden Oh, he's fifth ahead of Because he went <laughs> over the chicane, didn't he, on lap one, which uh, halted any progress at the yeah, start. Yeah, he, he so was he's... right at the back. Um, I can't, I can't not Love give him an A star because I gave Carlos oh, no, Sainz yeah. an A star. So I have to give him an A star. I think it was still a decent run up. But Hamilton likes those. Well, probably doesn't like starting at the back, but keeps it interesting going yeah. from last to fifth. It's an A from me. What did you give Tommy A? A, yeah. yeah. Uh, a from us and an A from the fans. Right, Monster Predictions. Um, this has gone well. Um, Ferrari undoubtedly have an F up 
I believe uh, Science had to start from the back of the field uh, and therefore had to change an engine. Therefore, uh-huh. that's an effort. The yellow overalls weren't that nice. So, uh... yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the yellow really clashed the with livery. the shell. Mm, yeah. Uh, to be no. fair, they, they, they had red. Some of the Ferrari team were in red. I didn't understand. I was like, what's yeah. going on? Only the special people yellow. got the yellow. Yeah, literally. Mm. Um, so that's a point. Thanks. Um, mm, no. What? Okay, no points. And then Mercedes <laughs> do not finish in the top four in qualifying before penalties are applied. Nice try. Okay, I mean, so I can't no do points. much we're more. All washed. I also, we're all way. washed. I said a new podium finish of the season. I can't even finish a sentence because I'm so upset with my predictions. And Bottas back in the points. <laughs> Zero. Tommy. Mine get even worse. Alonso, top five in quali. Didn't even manage that with all. I couldn't even argue with all the penalties because he was sick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Albon in the points. Didn't even race. Yeah. Albon's car got in the points. <laughs> yeah. For God's sake. Zero for Terrible. everybody. Lovely. Fans. Heno CNS, at least three engine penalties. Yeah. Bernard Spiteri, Ferrari 1 2, obviously. Nope. And Thomas Bunink, no points for Alpha Tauri. No. So that's one point for the fans. Singapore predictions. Williams out in Q1. And this is mine, obviously. And there will be a line of commentary about how cool it is to see the driver's <laughs> eyes. Something oh, I thought you meant driver's eye, like the camera. No, so the the, the, the standard camera looking back at them, and you can see them all going around the, the track like this. And they go, Wow, isn't that lovely to see their eyes? Very so cool. Listen oh. out. It might happen at F, in, in FP2 at 47 minutes in. So yeah, keep keep track of that one. I've gone for at least three special shiny race helmets, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think is a bad prediction. Being in Singapore, everybody yep. loves to have a little bit of sparkle lights. Up, yeah. yeah, they do. And then I've said now. De Vries replaces Latifi if Albon is well enough to come back. No, nah, okay. what's this brackets? What's this bracket stuff? What's, yeah. Well, if De, if to... Albon can't come back and he can't have De Vries in both seats. <laughs> You're doing... <laughs> All oh, right, yeah, true. Technically, it's, so, so is, basically, you, you're, really you're saying different places with Tifi, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. It's yeah, Singapore, yeah. okay, yeah. which Probably. isn't gonna happen, but it's cool. Uh, Norris win. I put Formula B maybe one point five, but Norris wins Formula one point five. So basically, he's seventh or depending on where everyone. Okay, is. so does that mean he doesn't beat any of the Mercedes, Rebels, or Ferrari? Because if he beats a Red Bull, does that? No, he'd still say... technically win. Win okay. that series. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Vettel makes Q3. Uh, give you zero points now, then. And fans, L or I clugged. Ferrari have great pace, but Charles will bin it or the engine will lose power. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Uh, Polkiu4863, podium outside of the top three teams. Please. And Remy MVP, no Red Bull on the podium, please. <laughs> but I think maybe if that happens, maybe we then get a podium outside of the top three teams. I'd take all of them. Wow, and that's from a Verstappen fan. Mm, you can clearly see. Championship back on, maybe, yeah. if uh, if there's no Red Bull on the podium. <laughs> right, take. what a great podcast. Really, I really wanted to have my smug face on for this podcast so that I could just bask in the glory of when I, you know, the feelings that I had after Australia. But unfortunately, it's it not really a long happened. time ago now, doesn't it? I cannot believe Verstappen's had 11 wins this season and may well break the record for the most the wins of the season, which, I'm yeah, he is. It's the thing. When he doesn't have any competition in terms of a car similarly paced, he just wins everything. 
because he's too consistent. At what point do we put him in the greatest of all time debate? Well, he's going to, if he wins the next, well, the next race that he wins, which will probably be in Singapore, um, he'll equal Alonso. What That's the hell? mad, isn't it? What the and hell? And, and, wins. and we'll yeah. have and titles. I want titles as basically, well. Basically, yeah. yeah. How many wins does Alonso have? 32? Yeah, 32. Max on 31. So, wow. Cool. Yeah. And that, that is, mm. that blows my mind because. And he's 24? Yeah, 24. He's going to break every record if he decides to stay till he's about 35. But I don't think he will. That's no, not the, that's not the understanding, will. is it? But we'll see. Anyway, didn't really need to give Verstappen any more credit or, you know, positive vibes. But here we are. No, uh, why not? Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Uh, give us five stars. And if you are lucky enough, we'll pick your review to be read out in the next podcast. So please do give us all the love over there. Hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to send in your comments, questions, etc. Uh, and remember, we also have a WTF1 app, which is free, which you can download right now on any good app store. Remember as well, we have loads of merch going on as usual on the uh, on the website. So go and check it out as well, shop.wtf1.com. We've got loads of new designs coming in every single race weekend. So you best believe there'll be something for you. And uh, until next time, thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Katie. Uh, what's your final thought, Tommy? Mm-hmm. I thought I'd got away with that then. Yeah, I almost forgot. Well done to <laughs> Dragovic. I'm looking forward yeah. to because we've not spoken about them. The F2, F2 and F3 title were won. So well done. Congratulations. Enjoy the money. I hope uh, it makes you very Dragovic. happy. Yeah, it's going to struggle to get an F1 seat, and Martin's in the Alpine Academy, so neither will he. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, okay. Uh, before I go to your uh, your final thought, Katie, um, I do need to also shout out that if you're in Team WTF1, uh, this is about the merch, you can get 10% off all year round. And this month's code is in the newsletter that was sent last week. So make sure you go and check that out. And if you join, of course, we will send you one uh, as well. So uh, very exciting. 10% off. Go check it out. Right, Katie, final thought. So my final thought is that when we did our mid-season predictions, we, at the end of that podcast, said that we thought that in Singapore, that was the chance for all of these crazy things to happen. So I'm going to be manifesting a crazy race. Um, but the reality is it'll probably be Max winning again. Yeah. God, you sound like me. You sound more annoyed than Matt these days. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not annoyed. I'm in it's, my acceptance phase. Like, Katie's, just... Katie's going through the grief right now. I'm, get, yeah, I'm yeah. getting. I'm getting there. I'm slightly behind you, Matt. But yeah, I think we need to watch um, uh, your decline over between now and the end of the season. When you, I think, because you're going through your grief period of realizing that Vettel's not going to come back again, and Daniel Ricciardo's definitely washed. Yeah, as maybe well. I'm just taking. So it you're going to go through it. Yeah, you're going to go through that phase. So um, if you need any help or advice, I can let you know because uh, I started to go through that after Australia uh, for Leclerc's championship title so thank you everybody for watching and listening as always we'll see you in three weeks time for the next post race which is a long time so enjoy the time off uh, we certainly will but we'll be here with loads of content as always we'll be live on twitch go follow us wtf1 official and that's probably enough call to actions for now so thank you everybody for being wonderful and we'll see you next time bye